Welcome to Muse Views, the podcast for the Muse community about the Muse community. Muse is a nonprofit education networking group for users of the Meditech electronic health record system. Here on our podcast, we chat with healthcare IT folks about ideas, opportunities, strategies, and solutions to improve work life experiences and share views you can use. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, TJ Temple. Thank you for joining us today. Today, I'm pleased to have a guest from a facility that is well-known among the Muse community. On this episode, we welcome Joe Farr, who is the Director of Information Systems at King's Daughters Medical Center in Brookhaven, Mississippi. Joe will share with us his interesting journey into healthcare IT and how he and his team work with Meditech to be an early adopter site. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks, TJ. Good to be here. Well, thanks for taking time to speak with me today. I, I've been trying to get a King's Daughter uh, member to be on the podcast. So I'm really excited to get you and uh, and have the opportunity today. So thanks. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey in healthcare IT, and then uh, share with us about your team as well. No, of course. So um, I'm a registered nurse. I've been a nurse for uh, about 22, 23 years now. My clinical background uh, is in emergency nursing. Done that for quite some time and continue to practice. However, about uh, Oh, 12 or 13 years ago, I moved into information systems at our local hospital, began as a clinical application and analyst position. Over time, moved into a coordinator role in which I became responsible for coordinating support for much all our clinical applications, including, you know, physician, nursing, surgery, therapy. Um, so in, enjoyed that for quite some time. More recently, I had the opportunity to uh, move into the director role for information systems. So, of course, that broadens the scope of responsibility somewhat, but it's it's been a great journey and I'm, I'm happy to serve in this capacity. Great. That's almost exactly my same journey, except I was a med tech in the lab. Um, same clinical oh, background, okay. applications That's manager, cool. director of IT. So pretty neat. So tell us about your team. Yeah. So uh, real quick about our team, I, I guess I should take a step back. Our, our hospital, or rather health system is a uh, the, the hospital, a 49-bed nonprofit acute care facility located in South Central Mississippi. We do have six ambulatory clinics. Uh, with regard to our partnership with Meditech, we've used Meditech since 1996. Our most recent big move was to move our clinics to Meditech Ambulatory uh, in June of this, this year. So that was, of course, a big project, but um, that's where we are today. Our team, uh, with regard to particularly IT, is we have uh, a team of eight people. We, it's a it's a mix of systems, tech, as well as application analysts. For the most part, we do have a couple of staff that retain uh, that or you know remain under the clinical the clinic operations, but they do provide some application support there as well. So that's a, a little a little bit of what our team looks like and how we work day in and day out. Great, that sounds like sounds like a good layout there. Yeah. So is your entire organization for the most part running on a Meditech product now at this time that you've got clinic up and going? Yes, that's correct. It's been a little bit of a, uh, you know, a step transition for us over the years. A few years ago, we brought our ED under the Meditech tent. Now we've got our ambulatory sites there as well. So that was probably really the, the final frontier as far as, you know, big chunks of the organization that joined the Meditech family. That's where we are today. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing that. So let's just jump into the topic of being an early adopter site for Meditech. I, you know, I'm sure we'll get to the pros and cons of, of that and, you know, what that journey looks like. But let's just start with, you know, how you even decided to, that you wanted to be an early adopter and what your organization did to, I guess, get on the list or start that relationship with Meditech. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's worthwhile to 
kind of clarify what early adopter work we've done and yeah. maybe we can kind of break those down a little bit as to how we got there. But some of the more recent examples, probably the most interesting to perhaps this audience is back in 2018, we were an early adopter at for the transition from 615 to Expanse. Sure love the first site on Expanse. Don't mean to imply that, but just that particular transition. From 615 to Expanse, we did that. But what that also did was uh, once we moved to Expanse 2.1 in 2018, it uh, gave us the capability to uh, put point of care, an Expanse point of care in place. And we were the early adopter there, kind of the latter part of 2018. So that was, of course, our most recent big early adopter project. And uh, we can again, talk about some of the pros and cons and how we arrived at, you know, how we decided to participate in that and so forth in a moment. But that led it, that that actually was a, a good experience. I th- I think for everybody involved. When I say everybody, of course, I mean uh, our organization as well as Meditech. There was some good synergy there, so mm-hmm. it led us into further conversations about our next and most recent early adopter opportunity, which was for Expanse Two Two. Now, with a real big focus on Expanse patient care, of course, the web based nursing component. Um, so. Those things uh, are really comp- comprise our early adopter work, but the real focus, I would say, is on point of care in 2018 and expands to two in 2020. Mm-hmm. So um, we we have tried to take the position, TJ, that of course we we like to do neat things. I think everybody would say that's probably a true statement. Or I would want to do cool stuff, but we really need it to be for a reason beyond just oh we're doing something neat and new. It really needs to fill a gap or serve a purpose for us, and so. We felt that um, as we began to look into point of care, well, it was still just in development. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that kind of little funny thing that I found later. It's one of those things where you make a note on something and then you live for a while and then you look back through your notes. But kind of a, a funny thing that happened is we, I think I was at a Muse conference actually, and I believe Hoda was speaking and talking about point of care being in development, underway, no early adopter selected, anything like that. It was just kind of like, here's what we're working on from Meditech's perspective. And I made a note that I found way later, I would like to learn more about this point of care idea. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, then kind of set that to the side. We wound up in the early adopter program. We wound up actually putting it in place. We're very successful with that. And then later finding that note, I was kind of like a, almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. So that was kind of a uh, funny thing to run back across yeah. after the fact, because certainly cool. we had gone much further than that at that time. But in any case, I would say that making sure that it actually fits, uh, you know, fills a need or accomplishes a goal or helps with some sort of strategic initiative in your organization is something that we want to make sure happens. That was probably the best way to describe, part of the way to describe point of care for us. Mm-hmm. And then I would also say that because of the positive experiences we have there, it, it made it easier for us to um, be willing to hop on the on-ramp for expanse patient care later on when we went to 2-2 in yeah. 2020. I think that's in summary. Let's make sure it fits a need as your organization. The motivations are correct, and uh, and then just kind of see what happens from there. Cool. Beyond just making decisions to do these things, I mean, there's it's obviously that can be the easy part, right? Just deciding that you want to do something. There's a whole lot of organization culture that goes into making and then executing on those decisions. And I could perhaps speak about that for a moment if you're yeah interested in that. But I think that. Of course, it starts, really starts with, you know, your senior leadership. They do need to have the vision to greenlight the idea. Of course, that's important. If, if that doesn't get past that level, then um, clearly it can't get any further. But I would say that once you clear that hurdle, uh, for us at least, there needed to be, and there was, buy-in from the affected staff, 
right? Yeah. There's, you know, you've got yeah. your decision makers and then you've got the folks that execute on those decisions, perhaps a layer, you know, a layer on a different layer than them. Well, it's fantastic that your C-suite feels like it's a good idea and it's great mm-hmm. to have their buy-in. Clearly we need it. But then the, the folks that will actually be executing that idea on that idea really need to be bought in as well. They need to share the vision. And when I say those folks, what I mean is your IT team is going to be in the weeds on this. Your nursing, mm-hmm. in this case, nursing staff is going to be in the weeds on this. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure they are as excited or quite honestly, more excited about the idea than the senior leaders are. Right. So I think that means sharing their vision and being, you know, inviting the work, understanding that there's going to be a short-term, hopefully short-term increase in the workload, but we need to, mm-hmm. We, the folks that are executing on those ideas and actually on the calls from week to week and doing that testing, taking those updates, we need to have bought into that vision and, and feel confident this is indeed the right direction, the right decision for organization. Be willing to invite that work. Be willing to communicate frequently and all those mm-hmm. things. And we've just got to believe, like we mm-hmm. personally, people like myself, people like the nerd, people, the IT staff, got to believe that this is the right thing. Because otherwise, I think you just run at risk for, okay, Senior leadership feel like it's a great project. <laughs> We're not really bought in. So suddenly it becomes something we just can, you know, we resent or right. we blame others or we get frustrated about. So I think that it's very, very key for multiple layers of leadership and representation of the organization to buy into the project. And of course, we have to, we have to have the bandwidth for, you know, to accept the project. We have to answer honestly that, hey, I believe I can stretch for a little while. Well, maybe I can't do this forever, but for the time being in the interest of the greater good, I, mean, I can stretch for a little one as I as I as I said before. We got to do it because the proposed outcomes make sense. It otherwise aligns with our goals. You know, it just needs to make sense to everybody involved, and particularly the folks that are going to be tasked with doing the legwork day in day out for the next weeks, months, you know, almost year, whatever the case may be. Interesting, interesting. So let's talk a little bit about that organizational impact. So when you when you're you know selected as an early adopter and this code gets delivered, is it delivered in the same way like a priority pack would be and you have kind of the similar downtimes or is it a whole different process? Talk to us a little bit what that looks like. Very similar, very similar. I mean, we, of course, are perhaps even more attentive than usual because we know, hey, all these things we've been talking about, we've been looking at, you know, talking through on calls, suddenly it's going to be made available to us on this priority pack. And so we know that in addition to the normal work that goes into receiving an update, a top off, a priority pack, Without any early adopt, without any of the extra stuff, that's already right. its own challenge sometimes. Yeah. But we're, we're perhaps leading in a little bit more because we understand that not only is the typical stuff coming, but also these brand new functionalities that we've been talking so much about and we're excited about receiving. Mm-hmm. But by and large, the process under which it takes place for us has been very similar to what our sites are accustomed to with, uh, you know, typical updates. Okay. And if a site wants to be an early adopter, is it pretty important that they're up to date with their priority packs to begin with? Or, I mean, you know, do they either have to catch you up or only look for sites that are caught up already? How does that work? Well, that's a, that's a good point, TJ, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I think that we, you know, we generally do a good job of, I mean, Meditech helps us do a pretty good job of staying up to speed on our priority packs simply because of regulatory requirements, the emerging landscape, the evolving landscape of um, things that, are required from us and they're, you know, they're obligated. We're obligated as partners to make sure we're still on top of those things. So I think it's less important that you're totally caught up because we kind of do that anyway. Mm-hmm. And what is more important, and I know you mentioned like, how do you get on, if you're interested in doing these things, how do you get on this? Well, one of the points that I would just make even preemptively is 
you got to understand that there may be some specific requirements. And depending on the early adopter partnership they're looking for, you may be a fantastic site, but you might not be the right fit right. specifically for what they need at that moment. And what I mean yeah. by that is not like a, a personal fit. It's a matter of, for instance, there's been times, maybe one of these projects I mentioned earlier, where really the best, uh, the most optimal partner for that project would have been somebody who was live on acute, but not yet live on ambulatory or something like that. Right, you know, So right. it's a matter of where you are strategically as an organization that may filter you in or out as a good candidate based on the application under consideration. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And it makes sense that they would want to pick a site that's, you know, your size or similar. You know, you may not want to roll out a, a massive lab enhancement for somebody that has 52 labs across 10 facilities or something. <laughs> so that's, that's exactly right. That's another, yeah. that's another consideration that's spot on. I mean, it, it does make sense to work with organizations with consideration for their size and impact, you know, as well. So totally get that too. So as you sign up for uh, being an early adopter with, with Meditech, obviously the, one of the benefits is you get the, the code earlier than everybody else and you get to, you know, benefit from that code. Is there anything else that's kind of part of that program? I mean, do they, do they give you any kind of, uh, you know, without getting into details, any kind of uh, credit or anything like that towards future purchases or? Um, that hasn't really, that hasn't been our experience, but I will tell you, there are some, uh, some other benefits to that. I can mm -hmm. point those. I mean, there's a risk as well. We can talk about those if you like, but yeah. I think some of the other benefits, it's important to us to have a, a voice in development, right? And yeah. there's other opportunities for that. I can mention that if you'd like, but, uh, to have a voice in development is pretty important for us because we are committed to these as best we can, the satisfaction of our, of our providers and our nurses sure. and all those things. And so being able to represent their interest with the organization that's going to be, you know, providing our, the tools we use for the foreseeable future, that's important to us. And we feel like that's a benefit. Mm -hmm. I can advocate for the positions that our clinicians day in and day out feel are, are reasonable and necessary. Uh, I think that also it's, it's worth pointing out that, you know, when you sign up for something like this, that of mm -hmm. course you are expected to participate at a higher level. That's part of the cost that you pay, if you will, if you want to think about it in those terms. But I think one of the benefits is also you get you get extra attention. It's just yeah. the bottom line. I mean, and that can all whether it's for this particular project, there could be adjacent initiatives or problems that you're running across that you already you already got those lines of communication open. And so I think that everybody understands that. Hey, you know what? We're working really close together on this thing. We happen to be having this issue over here. Maybe you can help us with that too. And. I think that having those extra ears and mm -hmm. extra lines of communication open is just strategically beneficial for the organization for, for multiple reasons, really. Yeah, for sure. I hadn't thought about you having that kind of uh, VIP access, if you will, and, and, and getting, since you had the first look at that, the, the code and the processes, you get to kind of mold that to what makes sense and, and uh, what a benefit you know, for you all, but also, you know, for everybody else that gets to eventually get that code, you know, that, that, that actual working hospital gets their hands on it first. So that's great. For sure. So talk to us a little bit about how this has impacted, you know, your staffing management and, and, um, you know, do you have like a dedicated team of, I know you have eight analysts, which is shocking to me that you're able to do so much with that, but, um, do you, you know, do you assign someone specifically to that or do you guys work as a team around early adopter projects or what's that look like? We typically work as a team and it's often, depending on the application, a subset of our core team. So what I mean by that, when we're doing a global application, 
we don't really expect our financial folks to be, we don't expect our telecom people, you know, it's going to be our clinical analyst staff, which is much, which is just, again, a subset. Sure. Now, the difference is we do tend to, particularly as we get closer to the finish line, we do tend to include um, super users from our units, as an example, you know, so we have folks that we do recruit uh, some of our high performers off the nursing units to help us with that last minute, just in time training, that go live support, that type thing. We don't do that all the time every day, but on projects like this, we typically can get support outside our immediate department, which is, of course, very helpful. I do think that with regard to the IT stuff, what we have to always remember is that the other responsibilities that we have don't stop just because we, you know, just because we're doing this project, right? Right. So we have to be sensitive to the added demand of our IT staff. And I, I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. On the one hand, the IT staff needs to have committed to that extra work. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, everybody else needs to understand that they've committed to some extra work, right? right. So we need to make sure that we're sensitive to that added demand, understand if the response time on other things goes down just a little bit, it's just math. You know, it's, you've got the same amount of people for most of this project and a redistribution of much more work to the right. same amount of people. It's just going to work out that way. People need to understand that and be patient. And also would say that as, as leaders, as supervisor staff, we, we need to make sure that we don't bail when times are tough either. There's going to mm-hmm. be some, some rough patches. I mean, there's going to be some things that don't go exactly right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's just good leadership for those that, in those positions to to not just immediately take the easy outs. Oh, okay, well, I wish we hadn't done this. You know, but you can't do that. You have to say, you know what? This was, we decided this was the right thing to do. I still think it's the right thing to do, and it's going to pay off. We got to be patient as we work through some of these things and just help manage expectations for other folks who aren't perhaps. When I say other folks, I mean people outside of the department who aren't as you know perhaps in tune with what is going on, the the additional workload and all those things. We are we, we need our leaders to make sure those those expectations are properly managed. Right. Okay. Very good. Very good. So talk to us a little bit about, you, we mentioned earlier, there's obviously some risks that go along with this, you know, and things don't always go as, as well as they should. So talk to us a bit, little bit about some of the risks that you guys uh, think about when you go into one of these projects or, or uh, anything that kind of falls in that bucket. I think one of the things, you know, risk is probably a, a strong word, but it's probably the right word. Mm-hmm. And if I were going to categorize the risk or the, the cons, if you will, is that depending on the application and depending on the impact, there's not always an exact clear path that you're going to be taking, right? You're kind of working. You need to understand you're working with Meditech. That's, that's why you're the early adopter. You are helping forge the path forward right. together, you know, as partners. Doesn't mean I get my way on everything, but it does mean that we, we are figuring this out together. And if you're accustomed to vendor partner always having the answers and just, you should be able to pick up the phone and they'll tell you exactly that. That's not typically how this works. That's why you're in this partnership with them so that together you can figure this out. So understanding realistic expectations on our part as hospitals, as healthcare providers, you know, we need to be a good partner too. And part of that is understanding the reality of how this works. I think the second thing is, you know, all of us and particularly you know, leaders can be very driven and perhaps should be driven by by metrics, right? We've got to be able to measure things so we can manage it appropriately. Everybody understands that, right? What you need to know, though, and leaders need to understand as well, is that we're always looking for benchmarks, we're looking for metrics, we're looking for ways to prove that, you know, we're proving, you know, all those things. 
Well, you got to understand that in some cases, there is not a benchmark in this case, but there's right. nothing to measure against, right? right. You are yeah. becoming the benchmark. Yeah. And so don't let that frustrate you. Now, clearly, if we know this application or these changes we're making should impact med rec, should mm-hmm. impact this or that, clearly those processes can be measured in some quantifiable way. And we did that. Actually, we worked along with Meditech to do that on two or three things. And that's a very good outcomes. So some of those things you can, you can and should do. But there are some things that it, it's it's more difficult to measure, particularly or there's more difficult to compare because there's no benchmark to compare against yet. You're becoming that. So be aware of that. And then, of course, the obvious thing is just risk. is just the extra commitment of time and resources, right? I mean, that's just one of the things that, it can't be overstated. And it's important, you know, if, even if your staff buys in, we, we we want, as managers, we need to make sure that leaders are advocating for the staff that's going the extra mile, try to advance the vision of the organization, right? Mm-hmm. And if that means having, having candid conversations with other leaders who don't understand that, who still have demands as if nothing is changing, well, we need, to, we need managers to make sure that's clearly understood and uh, right. relate across the organization, Philip. So as we kind of wrap this up and summarize everything here, you know, if there's somebody out there, one of the listeners that are kind of on the edge wanting to do some uh, early adopter stuff or, you know, not sure if it's right for them as overall, would you say it's been a positive experience for you? And are you looking to do further early adopting in the future or? Well, you know what? It's, it has been a positive experience for us. Uh, there's nothing imminently on the horizon for us right now, but I would say that I, I wouldn't rule it out if, if all those other criteria were met, right? We had buy-in from the folks who are going to be doing the work, the main bulk of the work. If it otherwise made sense for our organization, it aligns with our goal to help solve a problem, make us more efficient, reduce waste, all the things that everybody's trying to do, certainly we would consider it. Um, and to your point, if there's people that are, who are kind of on the cusp, maybe it's helpful to know what you would, you know, what you would do. How do you get involved in that type of thing? And I can just quickly speak to that if you'd like, just in case yeah. there's anybody you would like to. Well, I would say that first... Your biggest, you know, your greatest ability is your availability, as the old saying goes, right? So it's just a matter of being available for those things. I remember being at, a, at like at a Meditech event uh, where they were talking about various um, proposed ideas, maybe, I don't know. And some of this had to do with the stuff that I was interested in, you know, nursing, PCS, at the time, PCS, you know, expense patient. They're talking about these things that were coming down the pike. I specifically remember speaking to maybe one of the managers there. At, it, was a, it was a nurse form, I believe. Speaking to one of the managers and saying, hey, just want to let you know, if you're looking for anybody to give input on some of these things as you move along, I'd be happy to participate. Um, so I guess that brings me to my next point is to participate and engage in existing things. Like if there are opportunities, whether it's through Muse, um, you know, whether it's through Meditech specifically, I know that many of the listeners here probably know there's already... St- there's already stakeholder meetings that are available to us. There's the nurse forum. There's user feedback session. There's all those things. And it's difficult to make time for some of those things. But if you can, I think that that's, that's, that's really the first step. Begin to participate now. As you have opportunities, go ahead and take that time out. Give that feedback. Hey, look, our, our EMR partner is asking us for feedback as sites. Hmm. It's only our fault if we, <laughs> if we don't provide it and don't get the changes and the, uh, the functionality that we're looking for. So we need to participate at that. And then we, as you participate and engage in those opportunities that are already in place, raise your hand, you know, represent your organization and or your specialty, whatever the case may be. And say, hey, I'm interested in helping with King's Daughters or I'm, help, I'm interested in helping as you develop nurse products or whatever the case may be. Sure. 
Um, I think that that's really it. You have the opportunity to make yourself available through existing forums that already exist. I'm sorry. You have the opportunity to make yourself available through forums that already exist today. So take advantage of those to begin with and go from there. Yeah, that's that's great advice. I mean, I, I think it is important for people to know that they don't have to be the best at something or have the, you know, the the highest advanced technology or or, you know, whatever it may be. But if they're just have the time and they're willing to help, usually Meditech will respect that and and um, you know, help them as well. So it's it, you you said it very well that it, if we work together, it just makes the product better for everybody. So that's good. Try it to win win. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. So Joe, as we wrap up here, I was kind of like to end the podcast with a, on a personal note. So I, I know you got a, a new position and, you know, I don't know if there's any books you're reading or anything you, that you're uh, engaging in from a leadership standpoint or even in your personal life that you might want to share with the listeners. I like to read a lot, as much as I have time to and make time to, but I get on a kick for a genre and you know, I'll jump through, I'll go, I'll just go crazy on legal stuff, read Grisham, whatever for a while. <laughs> then I'll flip over to some sort of mystery and read Sherlock Holmes or Agatha Christie or something, then jump over to Westerns and then. Uh, well, classics, you know, recently, you know, Hunchback, Notre Dame, Les Mis, but we did recently read, reread The Great Gatsby and a uh, big fan of Mark Twain. I'm currently working my way through, uh, uh, The Innocents Abroad. So that's kind of a interesting read as well. Yeah. So fairly, uh, fairly broad ranging list, but I, I take it in spurs till I get sick of it and then move on to something else. <laughs> well, that's cool. Mark Twain's pretty famous around here. He's, he's in our neck of the woods. So everybody, everybody likes their time. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Well, cool. Love it. Well, Joseph, thank you so much for taking time today. And, and thank you for, uh, I guess, putting your neck out there on the line for all the rest of the Meditech sites and, you know, taking that, maybe that first bullet to uh, to make the product what it is today and uh, and shaping it in, in a way that's uh, better for patients and, and better for all the Meditech customers at large. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And it's our, our pleasure to serve in that capacity. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Muse Views. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast fix. And visit museweb.org to join the podcast forum and for information about Muse.